and welcome to the VSA Capital 5 Minute Morning Miner on Friday the 16th of December. And I'm actually back. I've been away all week. I've been with this wretched lurgy or flu, whatever you want to call it, but I can tell you it absolutely knocks you sideways. I've been so ill. It's unbelievable. Um, but I'm back, Paul. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Thank you. All right. It looks pretty cold outside too, so. <laughs> but it's cold. There's no trains. I don't think anybody's going to go to work today, are they? Oh, I don't know. A few of us will, I suppose. I think it's going to be pretty quiet in the city. Anyway, uh, news flow this morning is also pretty quiet. I don't know if there's anything you, you want to desperately mention. If not, as it's a Friday, we know we're going to do a commodity special. And as it's yeah, the last I've one. Got, sorry, I let me finish, Paul, Paul please. Topic. I know I've been away for a few days, but you've got to let me finish. <laughs> Have you forgotten? <laughs> Go ahead. I was just about to say it's coming up to Christmas. It's the last podcast before Christmas. So we've got to do. Well, gold, frankincense and ins or and mirth. Uh, we won't do the frankincense and mirth. We'll just do the gold. OK, now, now you can have your word. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about copper a little bit first. It's two big pieces of news out uh, today in the copper space among the large cap players. Uh, first of all, Rio Tinto announced the completion of uh, the uh, acquisition of TSX listed Turquoise Hill, uh, which has been coming about for some time and that consolidates the uh, ownership in the Oyu Tulgoy uh, copper mine, uh, the big one in uh, Mongolia. And the second bit of news uh, is that uh, the country of Panama is uh, unhappy with the lack of uh, progress to get a deal with First Quantum to change the terms on um, the Cobre Panama mine. So they have uh, told uh, First Quantum to shut it down for uh, at least some period of time here. I mean, maybe copper's the, the commodity we should be talking about, but there's, there's going to be an almighty squeeze there. Did I see something the other day that copper stocks are at an all-time low or something? Yeah, it's talking about the inventories above ground in the uh, bonded warehouses, uh, particularly uh, across uh, both the Shanghai market and the uh, London market. So, uh, yeah, it's really tight supply at the moment. I mean, it's, it's one of those commodities that everyone is saying is going to go up, it's going to go up, there's not enough supply. It's not going up quite yet, but, you know, with that, we're not going to talk about it here, but it probably is. It's, a, it's one of those commodities I expect a lot of people will tip for next year. Yes, that's right. Anyway, right, that's gold. the news. Gold. Yeah. What do you think gold. about gold, Paul? $1,780 an ounce roughly today. Uh, silver in the 2234 range, I see uh, in the numbers uh, here. Gold seems to be playing around with the trading range here at this particular point in time. Uh, as far as output, uh, global output is concerned, it's been relatively flat over recent years. It might change two or three percent one way or the other. But uh, overall, it was up just a little bit in the past year, we'll, in 21. So we'll see whether it's uh, up a little bit again in 22. But uh, you realize that the gold price had moved uh, over the last several years from the $1,300 range up into to $2,000 range, and, and yet it didn't really spur a lot of new production. So there is obviously some um, constraint, I guess, as far as miners being able to put bring more gold up out of the ground with the uh, falling grades that we see around the world. But isn't that the whole key to why you'd be a bull of gold is that there the really are no more what I describe as mega gold projects out there, i.e. the sort of, you know, 
three million ounce type projects that can be can be brought on stream, are they? Well, I would call mega projects the ones that are above 10 million ounces. Uh, that's the ones that uh, ones like Barrick and Newmont are really looking for, uh, polyuse and that sort of thing. And yes, they are out there still. We've got ones like Gaylor Creek uh, there in uh, BC that hasn't been developed yet, uh, as well as some in uh, Russia and elsewhere. So they are out there still. But the thing is, is their capital cost is in the billions as well for those size of operations. And there's got to be some decent incentive pricing, which uh, would uh, indicate that uh, financing for these miners uh, will be both uh, solid and long lasting. So what is the, in terms of, from an investor point of view, let's just say, I mean, obviously gold moves, no one knows quite why it moves. It's a, a little bit of a sentiment driven situation, but it's often it's perceived as a defensive situation that hasn't necessarily worked this year with the war in Ukraine not really pushing the price up. It, the dollar does have an impact on it, doesn't it? Yes, it sure does. Gold uh, very much acts as a as a uh, trading offset to the US dollar. So the way the, the dollar goes, there's usually an inverse correlation to a rather high uh, degree uh, in uh, gold moving in the opposite direction. Uh, although that isn't reliable on a on a day-to-day -day basis, it's more uh, reliable on a quarter-on-quarter -quarter basis, I would say. That being said, uh, what uh, it's also important to realize that uh, it's priced in U.S. dollars as opposed to, to the pricing of gold in other currencies. Uh, like, for instance, this year, it's made record highs in a number of uh, currencies uh, other than the U.S. dollar. So it isn't necessarily a proxy for uh, domestic situation where uh, a miner may lie, like in Australia, for instance. Okay, so let's let's just assume that uh, gold's been what I describe as relatively flat for the last three years, i.e. between about, I don't know, 1,700 and 2,000. Let's assume it stays flat in 2023, i.e. within that range. All right, what are the gold stocks you'd pick, Paul, uh, that you really like, that you think people could make money on in 2023? Well, let, let me refine that further. Do you want me to mention producers or developers or explorers? You can have a couple of each, Paul. Okay. All right. Okay. Among the producers, I like uh, on the London market, I like uh, Shanta Gold, for instance. It's uh, looking very promising going forward here. Um, on the TSX, I would say uh, two companies uh, be on the lookout for for M&A activity, actually, for next year. And that's uh, Skeena Resources and uh, and uh, Benchmark Metals on those two. And then in the exploration front, uh, you have to have some uh, interest in some really speculative plays that you see out there, like uh, Elemental Altus that's now in uh, Egypt, for instance, or our own Tectonic Gold uh, there in Australia. We're waiting on some assay results from them. So. Uh, there's definitely a lot of ways to play uh, out there, depending on your own investment criteria. Well, there you go. That was completely unprompted, I can assure you as well. And we didn't just talk about VSA Capital Corporate Clients either. Mm -hmm. um, very good, Paul. Well, that, that's a few little uh, Christmas crackers for people to have a look at and think about possibly buying a few for 2023. Uh, mm -hmm. On that note, Paul, we'll be, we will be back next week, but not next Friday. Okay, and I'll be back Tuesday. Okay. Very good.